Before we start the show, we'd like to remind our audio listeners that this show was developed as a video podcast. If you'd like to see any of the visuals that are referenced in this episode, we invite you to check out our YouTube channel. Simply search for the Conquer Risk podcast. You'll see all the shows we produce, including this one. And just like the audio, you can subscribe to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Enjoy the show. From Research by Potomac and the Conquer Risk Podcast, this is Who Charted. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Who Charted, where we look at six different charts, call them out, bullish or bearish. With me, as always, is Manish Kata. Uh, Manish, what do you got for us today? All right. First up, shout out to the late, great Jerry Granville, who was horrible at managing money, but he did leave us with one good indicator on balance volume. And first up, we have the S&P versus on balance volume. All right. So I'm going to call this one neutral in the near term, uh, but it's been bearish. You can see the S&P 500 with a strong rally off of those October lows. Uh, but on balance volume at that time was continuing to trend lower. Now it's trying, I repeat, trying to make a turn here. Uh, and this is something that I think if you are bearish on the market uh, was something that you could point to from a breadth perspective. However, uh, moving sideways here for the past couple of months and trying to move higher. So we'll call this one neutral for now. I think that if you are bearish and using breadth as the main thesis for being bearish, you really need to keep an eye on this indicator because if this does continue to make the turn, uh, it will become a bullish tailwind in my opinion. And for the record, this indicator has blown up plenty of times. So use more than one indicator, please. Always. Next up, we have a chart showing narrowing participation and leadership. Bullish or bearish? Uh, narrowing participation and leadership is usually bearish. And this uh, has been the, the bear case for quite some time now. This graph looks at a couple of different metrics that we like to pay attention to. Uh, this is the S&P 500 sectors. We're looking at, you know, are they over their 200-day moving average? Is that 200-day moving average rising? Uh, a momentum score that we like to use along with uh, year-to-date returns. And you know, just from a trend perspective, there are only three sectors, three, uh, that are above a rising 200-day moving average. Now, there are more sectors than that that are above their 200-day moving average, but specifically above a rising 200-day moving average, only three sectors. Add to that the fact that uh, momentum, the way that we look at it, uh, only three sectors are positive, and they are kind of the top heavy sectors of the of the uh, market: uh, tech, comm services, consumer discretionary, year-to-date returns. It's funny when I put this together again; it was only three uh, that were positive on the year. Uh, however, with some strength on Friday and a little bit of a, a pop across the value areas yesterday. Um, now we have five groups, five sectors out of 11 that are above, that are positive on the year. So again, kind of similar to that on balance volume, getting better, uh, but still not a great picture from a breath perspective. And participation matters, no matter what you say. In the short term, maybe it can skirt around it, but for long-term bull markets to develop, participation matters. 100%. Next up, we have my personal favorite Intermarket theme, Dow Jones Transports. You got to ship the goods for the economy to rock. Bullish or bearish? Uh, this one right now is neutral with a bearish bias. The boomers love to continue to use the transports. You know, some of us who are a little bit more cutting edge are starting to pay attention to the semiconductors. Uh, but all kidding aside, you know, the old Dow theory relationships, I think, still hold. Uh, you know, the, how the transports are performing 
we think is a leading indicator. And what you can see there is the Dow transports with a 27 week moving average, you know, chopping sideways for the past few months, but right now below that moving average and that moving average is if you squint, you'll see that it is starting to curl lower. So uh, that is a bearish development from an intermarket perspective. And I also think it speaks to, you know, the narrowness of leadership uh, in the market. Well, you typically take semiconductors, put them into a product, box it up, and then ship it. Okay, that's <laughs> that's fair. You got me. Right. Next up, we have more participation trophies to hand out. The S&P 100 versus the 500 is spiking to the upside. Bullish or bearish? Well, I think that if you are a large cap investor, this is bullish. Uh, I think a big theme throughout this year has been to be positioned in the areas of the market that are outperforming. Now, again, this speaks to leadership, not participation, mind you, leadership. This is a relative chart. Uh, and leadership continues to concentrate in the largest parts of the S&P 500, right? The S&P 100 is the top 20% of the S&P 500. We all kind of know what that is. Uh, it's going to be those three sectors uh, that have positive momentum, right? Technology, discretionary, and certain pockets of of calm services. So, you know, this is an indicator uh, that we pay close attention to. Uh, for the time being, it's neutral, in my opinion, and it's only neutral because most investors look at the world on a cap weighted basis. So, you can have an environment where the top twenty percent of the S and P five hundred is massively outperforming, and that drags the entire index higher all the while participation is waning. So short term, that's bullish. But, you know, to your point earlier for, you know, long term bull market trends, you want to see broader participation. And look, I'm not going to relate this to 99 or 2007. But if you take these environments where uh, you have participation leading, it can happen over a, a long period of time. Take 2008, for example, you know, breath rolled over in October ish of 2007. You didn't actually get any declines for almost a year later. So in the short term, to your point, markets can continue to rip higher with this type of leadership issue. But over time, rising tide, you need that for a strong bull market. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Next up, we are talking about volatility. Everyone loves the VIX. It hasn't been this low, really, in a bear market in, in quite some time. Another way to look at volatility is average true range, which is also showing a little bit of complacency. Bullish or bearish? All right. So this, to me, is bullish. Now, I, I kind of looked at this one. I mean, I pay attention to it a lot, but I looked at it uh, more closely You know, on a conversation that you and I had last week. You asked me, you know, why is the VIX so low? And that kind of got me thinking, well, maybe it's not so low. And the way that I kind of view it as the VIX looks at implied volatility, right? At the time, I think the VIX was around 16. So a VIX of around 16 is implying a 1% move plus or minus for the S&P 500 over the next month of trading. What's interesting to me is if you look at the 21-day average true range, and if we think of average true range as realized volatility, well, it's over the past 21 days, so roughly a month of trading, uh, that's sitting at about 1.09%. So with ATR at 1.09% for the past month and the VIX at around 16 when we had that conversation, I think it subsequently moved a little bit lower. I would argue that the VIX is not so low. It's roughly in line with realized volatility. So more importantly, too, I think the bottom two parts of this chart, the 63-day and 126-day average true ranges have been trending lower. So uh, you are starting to see, or not starting to see, you are seeing 
less fear in the market. Is it at an egregious level? It doesn't appear to be at an egregious level just yet, uh, but a continued trend lower for these metrics along with the VIX is generally bullish. I would agree. I mean, look at a year like 2017, you had a low VIX and we just grinded higher with, with I think there wasn't even a 1% up or down move for a long period of that year. Um, you know, with 3% with volatility. Yeah, with low volatility, we'll continue to, to see that uh, uh, as a possibility. I think the world would love to see single digit VIX. <laughs> I'd like to see a 70. Next up, we are talking about rates. In 2017, I purchased 100% of Potomac using a SBA loan with a three-year reset. Uh, as of last month, my loan went from 4% to 9%, prime plus one. I don't think rates have been felt across the market yet. So as long as people are continuing to get bu bullish, I think this is a good reminder uh, and I'm living that right now. So next up, we have the federal funds rate, bullish or bearish. All right. So the Fed funds rate at its current level is bearish, but I think it's bearish only because the speed with which we got to this level, we basically went from zero to 5% in a year, right? And I think that from a market's perspective, now let's separate the market from the economy and, and people's behaviors for a second. From a market perspective, I think the speed of change, the rate of change of any input uh, is more important than the absolute level of that input. So to sit here and say the Fed funds rate at 5%, is that bullish or bearish? Well, it kind of depends on how it got there. It's bearish because it got there so quickly. I think what you'll see over time from a market's perspective is if the market gets comfortable that we're not going to see such a rapid increase uh, in interest rates, then the market can digest that. The market's pretty good at digesting changes uh, in variables if they play out over a, over a, a longer period of time. Now, I, I agree with your point that through the economy, uh, this likely has not been felt yet. So to the extent that these higher rates change behavior, we may start to see that uh, bleed through into some consumer activity. So far, that does not appear to be the case. Uh, but I think the rate of change, a rapid increase in rates is bearish. But however, from here, I think it's probably more neutral. Tell that to my friend who just purchased a house with a 30-year 8% mortgage. Well, where was he a year ago? All right. That'll do it for Who Charted. Thank you, Dan. Make sure everyone subscribes to the YouTube channel. Like, do whatever you're supposed to do to help us get more views. Until next time, stay bearish. <laughs> Come on now. Thanks, everyone. Potomac Fund Management is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This information is prepared for general information only and should not be considered as individual investment advice nor as a solicitation to buy or offer to sell any security. This material does not constitute any representation as to the suitability or appropriateness of any investment advisory program or security. Please visit our disclosure page, potomacfund.com disclosures, for more information. Potomac does not make any representation or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, whether linked to the Potomac website or incorporated herein, and takes no responsibility for any of this information. The views of Potomac are subject to change, and Potomac is under no obligation to notify you of any changes. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy will be profitable or equal to any historical performance.